Hello and welcome to From Fear to Fire, secrets to overcome fear, embrace your gifts, and achieve success. This is the place where real people share real challenges, where you can find a common bond and uncommon wisdom through their journeys to help you move from fear to fire. We'd love for you to subscribe and give us a five rating on the podcast and, of course, share it with a friend. Today's quote is, the biggest adventure you can take is to live the life of your dreams by Oprah Winfrey. We have a wonderful guest today. Her name is Tara Gilvar. She is founder and CEO of BIG, which stands for Believe, Inspire, Grow. And she's a graduate of Boston College. Tara has acquired over 25 years of experience building brands and developing marketing campaigns. Since leaving the corporate world in full-time capacity nearly 13 years ago to raise her three children, Tara utilized her marketing expertise to initiate and implement successful fundraising campaigns and continued her work as a marketing consultant. However, working alone without a proper support system was a problem that she wanted to solve, and she did that with BIG. After gathering nearly 40 women from her town into her living room to discuss the pursuit of their business dreams one February morning, Tara realized immediately how the development of BIG could provide better balance, more personal fulfillment, and a sense of intellectual camaraderie that had been missing for most of her adult life. So we're going to learn a little bit more about that, a little bit more about Tara, and perhaps some of the fears that she's overcome in her life. Welcome, Tara. Thank you, Heather. It's great to be here. Oh, I'm excited to have you. I know you've got some great information for our listeners today. So I, I, I kind of touched on big, but what was like, you know, tell us a little bit about the background of it and what was the catalyst, just this feeling of not, you know, having what you needed or what was it for you? Well, for me, I mean, I had this great marketing job when I first um, was married and had my first child. I loved it. It was on a national branding. Um, I was interesting when someone said, so what do you, what do you do? Um, when I told them that I did the ball drop in Times Square and I told them I worked at the time for the Timberland company, which was at the time the hottest brand. And I was interesting. I, so, so people told me, um, and when I did the ball drop in Times Square, I was seven and a half months pregnant. And so what I like to tell people was that wasn't the only ball that dropped in my life. (laughs) Um, but it did change the trajectory. I was not ever going to be Gladys Kravitz, stay-at-home mom. That was not part of my plan. But when I had this child, and I thought at the time, this was you know in the, the 90s, I, the math did not work for me to stay home with her um, or, or didn't work for me to work and get full-time daycare and be away from her more times than I was with her. And emotionally, I wasn't prepared for what motherhood was going to do. And so I opted out of the workforce. And like so many millions of women, I don't regret it. I had the luxury of being able to do that because my husband's career enabled me to do that. But I lost my sense of self. I, I was lonely. I stayed at home and waited for the mailman on days. Um, you know, I'm grateful for the ability to be a mother, but I was, I'm supposed to be more than a mother. Just like, you know, men are fathers and they're all these other, they, they define themselves by their careers. So it was a struggle for me to, um, 
stay at home and look back and think, I wonder what I could have been if I stayed, even though I knew that that life wasn't for me anymore. So I kind of was floating around without a tether for a a lot of years. Um, I think that that's very, very common. What you just explained is something I think a lot of listeners will resonate with. Yeah, I mean, I've met thousands of women. And you know what? We're smart. We're intelligent. We were somebody. And, you know, it's great to be a mom or, you know, nowadays it's, that's how it started. But, you know, it's any time a woman has a change in her life, which turns out to be many times in the cycle of a woman's life for multiple reasons. Because, you know, we're the nurturers on the planet. So when people need to be nurtured, we're the ones that come, whether it's children or whether it's after a divorce or whether it's in your, you're in the sandwich generation and now you're, you know, you're taking care of your own parents or mm-hmm. anything, anytime there's a problem, it's it's women to the rescue. And that's who we want to be. So I don't want to say don't do it. But what happens is we forget about us and the oxygen mask thing really does work. Um, so the catalyst for me to change this, so I, I opted out, um, lost a bit of self-esteem. So when someone said, so what do you do? Mm-hmm. My answer was, well, oh, I'm just a mm-hmm. mom. You know, that word just is just like a knife. Um, And I wasn't making any money of my own. So I now was dependent. Um, And it was not who I wanted to be in my dream of my four-year-old self or the dream of the girl that was going to Boston College to, you know, set the world on fire. I know you have a long uh, history with the word fire, but that's what I thought I was going to be doing, right? Yeah, yeah. so I had three kids. I followed my husband's career. I was a, I was freelancing here and there. I was looking at my girlfriend who stayed in the corporate workforce, was getting promoted and paychecks were, you know, adding zeros at the end. And I'm like, I wonder if I was that, if I could have done that. And I dropped my son off at the middle school one day and there was a teacher's car with a bumper sticker that said, remember who you wanted to be. And I was like, that was it, lightning bolt. I was not that person, and it's time for me to do something about it. I didn't really know what I was going to do about it, so all I did was send an email, and I sent an email to all the other women that I thought looked like me, that were stay-at-home, that were somebody, that were stuck, that you know didn't want to look for their purpose in aisles anymore. Yeah. And, um, and 40 women showed up in my living room and said, okay, let's figure this out together. And that's how it started. When you bring women together, the ability that they have to collaborate amazing, innovative ideas and just make stuff happen, isn't it incredible? It's incredible. And, you know, the corporate world has done a real number on women. They've mm. taken away in so many ways our best qualities and tried to make it fit into a man's world. And I'm not male bashing in any possible way, but we have different ways of doing things. Not better, not worse, different. And we're supposed to fit in the corporate world in the way that men do it. So you're you're not supposed to talk too much before a meeting. You're not supposed to talk about personal stuff. You're not supposed to, you know, you're supposed to, you're not supposed to, you know, get to know each other and build relationships. You're supposed to get to business. And so to be successful in the corporate world, we have to take some of our best qualities 
and put them on the back burner. You know, you're not supposed to have an idea unless you have facts and statistics backing it up. Well, what about the fact that you just have a really strong instinct that says this feels right? Most of the time we are right. Yeah. And you know, the facts can back it up later. But so corporate world has really, and, and sometimes women are the worst people to other women in the corporate world. So yeah. competition is not the natural state of a way that a woman wants to live. If, so what I discovered through this 11 year journey is if you can make safe and supportive environments where women can be vulnerable, where they can feel like they can collaborate with each other and not feel they need to compete and know that they're not that doing that will not make them be taken advantage of because that's the one of the fears then the world becomes a much more wonderful place and the money follows and the purpose follows and we help the world become better because a lot of times what these women are doing is helping um, build businesses around something that they discovered makes women's and families and people's lives better right Right. I mean, it's incredible. And, you know, what you have done with these 40 people, like what do you have over 1,100 members now? And you're in, what, 50 different communities? We have been over the years. We actually have had over, we were just looking at the numbers last night. We've had over 4,200 members since we started. Oh, wow. Now, not everybody stays active and engaged. So on a regular basis, um, it, we're a membership organization um, and people, you know, we we work with women's lives and everybody knows we're on a roller coaster of a life as a woman. It's up, it's down, it's all around, it's in, it's out. You know, you're married, you're divorced, you're remarried, you know, all these things. You have a job, you go back, you started. We roller coaster with the women. So on an average, we have about 500 women actively engaged at any one time. Um, mm -hmm. Plus or minus. Uh, but yeah, over the years, thousands. And we haven't touched the surface. We know there are millions of people that are exactly like us. Oh, I definitely believe people. that. I, I run into them daily. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So what has been the, like the biggest challenge or, or struggle with it so far? Well, from a business standpoint, because we are an LLC business, so this is how we decided we wanted to do this because you know what? We wanted to run a business. We needed, we wanted money. And you know, mm -hmm. you know, I know in your field, women struggle with this whole money concept. But one of the things I've discovered is, you know, if you take the emotion out of money and you just say it's fuel, you know, you need fuel to move. And um, so money and mastering business techniques and understanding uh, how to make a profit in business. For me personally, I was a political science major. I never took an accounting course. Um, I didn't have a business background. Um, I have my own money issues about trying to, you know, scale and be authentic and still have people pay for things. So I think from me personally, for me, it's been the business building, you know, how do you make money and still be authentic? Right. Part of it. Yes. Yeah, that's a struggle. I think I see it. I, you know, we talk about it. I talk the talk. I still have to walk the walk a little better. Yeah. Um, for the women of our membership, I actually think the the hardest thing is for them to walk in the door. It's that probably yeah. What's behind here? You know, um, what am I getting myself into? Is this going to be okay? Because once they walk through the door, they're fine. 
Um, but you know, we're fifth grade girls. You know the way we get people. I'll go if you go, and the next. <laughs> What are you wearing? And those are the two biggest questions. So, you know, if we have to have courage through our girlfriends, yeah. we do that. And we build organically. I could put a billboard up in Times Square and say, okay, come. And that won't get any more people than having women who go and go out there and say, this has been great for me. You should come. I'll pick you up on Tuesday. Yes. I mean, and that's really the heart of it And when it comes to... Um, a lot of the business growth for the entrepreneurs that I work with, it really has to do with those relationships that you were talking about had been kind of squashed those skills that we have to build relationships that have been squashed in the corporate world. You can really bring that out. If you're an entrepreneur and you're doing something like this, that's how you grow is by capitalizing on those natural instincts that we have to collaborate and to share. Right. Right. Yeah. Well, I mean, people are learning, right? I mean, um, relationships are the way businesses are built now. In the mm. 80s, when it was transaction, transaction, mm. it was like, you know, put them in, chew them out, put them in, chew them out. That wasn't really always naturally good. I'm not speaking for all women, but for a lot of women. Um, but relationships are the way that most businesses are going to thrive because people do business with people they know, like, and trust, and they will refer people. And unless you get that, and it's a long game, it's not a short game, it's a long game. Mm -hmm. And you can feel it right away when somebody's playing a short game. You know, you can feel it in their energy. They're trying. Yeah, yeah, definitely. We're so smart. You, We're smart like that. Exactly. I mean, and, and we have to trust that. And you talk about that, no, like, and trust. We have to do that with ourselves. We have to trust ourselves just as much as we're trusting these other women, right? Exactly. And the thing about women, and I, this is why, you know, what I'm so thrilled about, and you know, we just, I mentioned this to you uh, before, we just launched an event last night where we have a book that finally came out, which was really an epitome of what Big is all about in the written form. And it was done by our members. They wanted to bring Big to life in, in a book. And it, it highlights 30 women's stories from different ages and different stages authentic women who have a real need to share their story and be validated. And it was such a beautiful evening to be able to see it and, and touch it and feel it in a way that was tangible. Um, because a lot of this stuff is how you, like it's a Maya Angelou, it's how you make people feel. Mm -hmm. right? It really and is. I bet that was amazing. It was. And, and you know, Women need this more than anything. It is a lonely life to be an entrepreneur and sit in your house with your computer and all the people you think are friends on Facebook, which yeah. is the antithesis of a friend, right? And, <laughs> and not have a tribe that has your back. It is, we are meant to be in a tribe. We, are, we call our groups pods and um, it, it really represents what I just said before, I had no logical reason for calling it a pod. I just felt like the word fit for what I wanted. I didn't want to be a chapter when we went to different yeah. communities or uh, whatever they call them in you know the male world. And um, I liked pods, but then someone said, well, you have to tell us why you want to call it pods for the training manual. <laughs> so you know, I go to the Google machine and uh, I Google pods and it was my instinct that liked the name, but then the definition was the first thing was that pods are where seedlings grow. 
So I was like, that's great, because that's what we're trying to do, right? We're trying to help women grow in some way in their life. But the second definition was even the more powerful one and the more eye-opening. And it said that the, some of the most intelligent creatures on the planet, like dolphins and whales and elephants, travel together in groups to overcome obstacles. And they travel mm. in pods. And furthermore, through research, only the female genders of those animals travel in pods. The males tend to travel alone. Wow. Right? So we are supposed to travel together to overcome obstacles. We're not meant to go out and be the hunters and gatherers. We are meant to be the people that are the nurturers and that are going to overcome and make the world better by, you know, bringing beautiful, solvable problems to people's lives. Oh, that's amazing. I just got chills when you, because, you know, I, I you, you feel something and you create something. And then when you get that validation, you're like, oh my gosh, it's awesome. Yeah. And, you know, last night <laughs> you hear the stories. And I mean, that's another thing. I mean, every woman deserves to share her story. And the more you share your story, the more you, you may not understand this because if you're keeping your story to yourself, but when you're in a room and we've done this hundreds of times, hundreds with random groups of women, we never know who's going to be in the room. It's not like we picked handpick people to be in the room. Every time a woman shares her story and becomes vulnerable, doesn't share how great she is and how wonderful she is or how much money she's making. She shares the struggle. She shares the divorce. She shares the special needs child. She shares the, the Alzheimer's mom stories. When she shares those stories, inevitably, there's a person across that room who just got one step healed because she's going through it too. And she didn't think anyone else was struggling. And that's kind of the problem with Facebook. It's fake book. Nobody realizes those pictures, the smiles, nobody's putting up the fight with their husband on Facebook. No one's putting up when the kids aren't eating the dinner or when, you know, the teenagers, you know, F-bombing their parent for the first time. They don't put that on Facebook. They put the happy, perfect life. And it's not, it's not true. Right. And we compare ourselves to those external things that we see, but everyone is facing the same internal battles. And the sharing of the stories that you're talking about, that is connecting really deeply to what is common amongst us. Exactly. I and I know you talk about, you know, the stories we tell ourselves, right? Mm -hmm. And if you don't have any other perspective than what you grew up with or what's happening in your nuclear family, and, you know, yes, it's wonderful to have your husband and your children and your parents, but, you know, they may not get this part of you. They may, you're still, you know, you came in the world alone, you're going to leave the world alone. And there's a part of you that they might not get. And they may not give you that affirmation in a way that you really need it. They might go, oh, that's great. You know, good for you. That's the same <laughs> as some woman going to you, you did that? That's amazing. That feels very different. Right. It really does. That's amazing. So and like some of these things that you, you've already kind of answered something that I wanted to, to ask you because it has to do with that connection and those pods and all of that. But what other things make big different from other organizations? Because there's a lot of things out there that that can have similar impact, but I feel like big is different. So what do you see as the differences? 
Yeah, it took us a long time to feel figure out how to say why we're different. We used to say, well, you have to experience it to know it. But we finally kind of cracked the code on that. Mm -hmm. So we call ourselves an empowerment organization. And 85 to 90 percent of our women are entrepreneurs in some form or another or they're future entrepreneurs. Um, so while we do a lot on entrepreneurship, we're bigger than that because um, we're an empowerment organization. Our goal isn't to help women build businesses. Our goal is to help women live their best life in any way possible. And it doesn't necessarily mean it's a business. It could be anything. And so what we learned, we've been spending, we spent the first five or six years on helping women learn to be entrepreneurs because there wasn't 11 years ago a course on entrepreneurship. Thankfully, now these colleges are starting to do that, but there wasn't a way to learn. You were figuring it out all by yourself. So that's what we did. But then we realized if we wanted to be a real empowerment organization for women, we had to focus on their entire life because those of us, you know, we know you don't work in silos. We don't, we work differently than men. The phone rings and the nurse calls and it's your kid or your mother calls and she had a bad doctor's appointment. Everything else goes on hold in our lives. We put ourselves behind. So we decided we had to focus on the other key areas of women's lives in addition. So we focus on entrepreneurship, relationships, whether it's parenting, whether it's getting married, whether it's getting divorced, whether it's taking care of your senior parents, anything in the relationship field, we focus on health and wellness and self-care and fashion and beauty because those things matter to women. And as we know, um, if we can't keep ourselves healthy, we bring a lot of people down with us. So it's really important that we do that. Um, we focus on the home because that's our haven and we care about decorating it, buying it and selling it and organizing it and keeping it, you know, together after a hurricane. And we know we've all experienced what those October hurricanes did to our lives. So we care about that travel, leisure and fun. I know, you know, that's so important to our happiness. And then the roof on everything is knowing about money. Even if you're not bringing in the paycheck, we have to not stick our head in the sand and not and say we don't understand the money in our lives because that means we don't know if we're on empty and fuel in our in our lives and you have to have money and you have to know about the money to do any of those other things right. and the irony of this whole full circle is that women build businesses around those five pillars they build businesses they're interior designers they are uh, realtors they are wellness coaches they they open gyms they they do everything to make people's lives better even life insurance is security anything you can think of it their why is to make people's lives better it's there it's not about making money they they need the money they need the fuel they deserve the fuel but that's not the why the why is always to make other people's lives better mm. I love that so much. And and I think that you really hit on something here because we are whole beings. And when we only look at one side of what we do or who we are, it's very lopsided. And we can't be as amazing in each of our roles as we want to be until we come whole into ourselves. And it's a gift that you're that you're helping women within all of those areas. Yeah, and you know, it's a never ending journey, right? Mm -hmm. I, I say, you know, 
you, you got your self-esteem and self-confidence on Tuesday, that's fantastic. <laughs> you might have lost it all, right? <laughs> yes. So what I love about what we're doing is, you know, we have these meetings and we're, we're building in Connecticut and New Jersey and New York City. and But women can go to any of them anytime. It's almost like they need their fix, they go. Because it's not a one and done situation in life. You know, we, we get it. We, we are you. We get the struggle. You know, um, you know, today's Halloween and it's pouring rain. We get this is a stressful day for mother. <laughs> what are you going to do? It's, you understand your life. And because we are you. And, and that's, I don't know why we're, no one else is doing it the way we do it. It's a culture that we've built over the years and the women keep the culture sacred. They do not want women in there that are, or, or men or anybody coming in to, to exploit or just sell or just promote themselves. They really want you to come there with a mindset of I'm here to help, I'm here to help someone else. And I trust that when I help other people, they will in turn help me. And that is the magic formula. And you need a woman to be able to trust that that they can give and that they will get without having to take. I love that. And there's just this element of safety around what you just said. That's that's beautiful. Um, I'm going to get a little personal here, Tara. Um, so in your life, can you think back to, you know, the show's called From Fear to Fire. So can you think back to a time in your life where you were afraid, where you were unsure, where you were not confident and, and help us with what you learned from that experience and how you grew personally? Oh, sure. I mean, um, I mean, I can tell you right now, I am going through something that's fearful. So, um, my husband was, um, had a, had a great executive job and he became, unhappy. It's a long story of where he made a decision in his life that he did not want to stay in a place. And I applaud it that, um, didn't value him. And I supported his decision to leave. Um, and he did. And it's been many more months than we thought before he, um, would, has gotten a new job and it'll happen and we're fine. But it put me in a very different mindset that all of a sudden, my security is a little rocked or my future security and money and the role that money plays in my life. And I have learned, I have money issues. I have security issues surrounding money. And here I am going out in the world telling women to be empowered and, you know, but it is a very difficult ongoing struggle to overcome. Um, and the reason I have money issues is because when I grew up, we always were short on money. Mm. And my mother used to always say, you know, we're not going to be able to afford this. She was the alarmist. Everything was about money. We, we, we can't get the car fixed. You can't, we may not be able to pay your bills for college. All that scarcity stories mm-hmm. live with me. And even though my checkbook says we're fine, the stories that I got that I carry into are still there. And mm. It's tough. It is really hard. And that's why people like you, Heather, need to have a huge role to help us reprogram our brains and re mm-hmm. rechange the messages. Because, you know, here I am in this space. If I'm doing this, imagine the woman who doesn't even have anybody to reach out to. 
Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's very, I think it's so brave when people become vulnerable and share their stories. And, and, you know, when you are out there and you're an influencer and you help other people, you're afraid of sharing those vulnerabilities because you're supposed to know everything, right? But I'm going to tell you right now that that's what's going to draw more people to you because they know that it's, they're going to trust you more because they know that you've been through it too. And it's the same thing because everybody that I work with, um, helping them to release these beliefs, I share my own, you know, the things that I had to release and that I continue to have to release so that I can be more effective in my world. And if I didn't do that, if I didn't share those things that scared the heck out of me, why would anybody want to listen to me? Right? So we all have it. It's back to that common bond of coming together to help and empower like what you do in your mission to empower women and that realistic element of, you know, I'm human too. I think it only helps. Yeah. You know, thank you for saying that true because it is true and it's humbling, right? It's humbling. Um, but it's also a muscle, right? The more you do it, the more you're comfortable doing it. You realize the world doesn't fall apart when I just acknowledge my flaws or my shortcomings. Mm-hmm. It actually magnifies something that needs to be fixed. It's always been broken. It's don't stop pretend it wasn't broken, right? Yeah. It's like, it's so fix it. And then we have the ability to fix it. And, you know, you have to acknowledge something first before you can even, you know, make a change. So, yeah. um, And I've heard so many stories, so many stories, so many women beating themselves up and blaming themselves for things that they really didn't do, Mm -hmm. you know? Yeah, we take that on. Yeah. And, you know, I, 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 I'm going to apologize now because I can't remember where I saw it, but it really struck me as being super powerful. And that's that the cracks are where the light gets in. So those cracks, those failures, those mistakes, those things that are broken about us, that's where the light comes in and it's where it shines out. So to be able to accept those and see them as beautiful, I think is really, really important part of the journey. Yeah. You know, like to what you said before, um, when you take on this mission of trying to help other women, which a lot of women should do in some form or another in their lives. They should be advocates and, and help other women. And when you do that, it is the most empowering, satisfying drug you could ever take. Mm. When women come to you and thank you for helping them in ways you didn't even know you did just by, you know, I get thanked for starting big all the time from women I've never met. And, I don't deserve that appreciation necessarily. I saw the need and I saw that women needed this and I just kind of let it, I followed it. But big is not me anymore. Big is the 500 women who come and do this. My, I have 56 women on my leadership team. They put value to everything. It's better because they add their own flavor, because their personalities, because they attract women that are like them, that are not necessarily like me. But what they do have in common is they embrace the culture. And if we could change the way women in general, um, by making it a more 
collaborative culture among women and by not making it say, okay, I can't do this. I got to beat her, you know, mm-hmm. you know, instead, instead of saying, I got, I can help her. I mean, we know as entrepreneurs, there's enough to go around. Yeah. How many customers can you really have? How many people can you really serve? Well, there's enough, there is no need to compete. Collaboration is such, you can put your head on the pillow every night. <laughs> Very yeah. soundly. And you know you've really genuinely helped someone and you didn't do something um, for your selfish reasons and, uh, you know, to try to, at, at someone else's expense. Yeah, I think that is really, really important. And, um, you know, the the things that we do have a ripple effect. And And you and I are lucky in that we do get people sending those emails or picking up the phone and saying, wow, you, you know, you changed my life. And, but there are everybody out there who's doing good things in the world. They are making those, that same impact. They may not get the email, but the ripple effect of being kind and doing something for others, it's, it's changing one person's life who will then change another person's life who will then change another person's life. And you'll never even know the impact of what you've done in the world. You know, we're just lucky because sometimes we get to hear about it, right? It's one person at a time. I heard a story yesterday. It was so beautiful. This woman was um, at her, she's a single, or she's divorced. She has one son. When she was first married, she was a really young bride, very young, like I want to say 20, with a baby. And she lived all around, she was traveling all around the globe, and she at one point was in Italy, and she didn't have any money. She couldn't take care of her babies. They couldn't, and this two families in, in this village in Italy took them in and gave them money and gave them food and gave them shelter for until they could get on their feet. For a, and the baby was two months old, so that was very nice, and they were very grateful. And that was thirty years ago. Mm-hmm. The son decides to get married and for some random reason, they didn't even consciously put it together. He decides he wants to, his family all over the world, they want to, they pick Italy. Not only do they pick Italy, that for some reason they pick this part of Italy. When the mom goes over to the village to see where the son picked to get married, she has this whole memory that she's minutes away from the village where that family that helped her 30 years ago with this boy is getting married. And they found the family that helped them 30 years before and introduced that grown man's son to the two-month-old baby. And her, this woman, the mother of the, of the groom's mother, got to meet this woman to thank her for taking care of her daughter in her most vulnerable way. When you think about the impact that that had, there was something so subconscious about it that that boy picked that village at that time. No way can the universe be ignored. It brought everything together. And it's real. And so one act of kindness, you may not understand, that you may not know the impact of that, maybe never, but it might not even be realized for decades. But it still moved something in the universe in the right direction. That's beautiful. That is absolutely beautiful. I can only imagine how powerful that that interaction when they came together 
was. That's just amazing. The universe is an amazing, amazing place. Oh my god! And you know, again, like for all you do in your life, for all the things you do, for you know your career and your job titles and the money in the bank and all those things, that is what you remember most about people. About how it makes you you feel. Yeah. How they made them feel. How they helped people when they were most vulnerable. I love this. This is amazing. So what, how do you see continuing this hope and this help and this kindness and this growth and this collaboration for big or for yourself? Like, what do you see in your future? You know, uh, we take it one day at a time. I have lots of ideas and, you know, some days are more energetic than others. But, you know, we're in a really good time right now, I think, um, as women, because, listen, we have a long way to go, but we are turning the tide here and women are starting to woke, as they say, and and say, you know what, I got to take care of me. I deserve this. And, and I'm going to be heard. And, and, you know, we had the 70s and Helen Reddy and Women Hear Me Roar. Well, we have a different kind of, of you know, thing going on right now. And I have two daughters. I have um, one who's 23 and one who's a freshman in college. And, you know, they're very sure and confident. They're not going to um, lose their sense of self. They're going to hold on to that a lot stronger than I did uh, because, you know, they have a lot more options. I mean, some of it's technology, some of it's, they have, they, they are clear on who they are and who they don't want to be. And I'm grateful for that, that they don't have to reinvent themselves when they're in their thirties and forties and fifties, because they're never going to lose themselves. Um, and they can ride the roller coaster of life a little better if they keep focused on their purpose and passion in the world and don't totally lose that for other people. And so yeah. I think we're in a pretty good place. And and if big can play a role, if it can play a bigger role, if we can help more women in more communities, we, we want to do that. Um, you know, we need leaders to bring it to the communities. And that's leadership is is a rare quality to find. And, and not everybody has it right away. And so, you know, I wish I could put plop big into every community because every woman would benefit from what the women do for each other. But we need a woman who's willing to be courageous and brave and confident to say, I'm going to bring this to my community. And, you know, they're hard to find. So we're grateful. We've been finding people. They're coming to us. Um, If you know anybody that wants to do that, we'd love to meet them because it is a gift that women give each other to be there for each other in a, in a structured way, but that gives enough voice to every woman in the room. And, and, and people, people need each other. Women need each other. Tara, I think that the listeners are going to be very inspired by your message today. Can you please share a website or how they can get in contact with you or learn more about BIG and the opportunities available? Sure. Sure. Thank you. So our website is uh, believeinspiregrow.com. Um, the tricky part is you have to remember your I before E in believe. Um, <laughs> put the word in there. Um, and you know we're on Facebook under Big Believe Inspire Grow. We have 37 groups and a business page. So if you Google Believe Inspire Grow, uh, 
you can't Google big because sometimes it comes up as porn. <laughs> so please Google <laughs> Inspire Grow. Um, that has nothing to do with us. That has to do with some other part of the, the population. Um, but so Believe Inspire Grow, Google that and you can find us and um, reach out to us. And we, were, we are here to help you and connect you and um, help you move your life forward in any way possible, anywhere in the world, actually. We're, we're really fortunate. We've been doing a, uh, we met women in, who, who are like big in Spain and we do a once a month uh, Zoom call with them just to, just to keep in touch with women around the world. And, you know, you find women are more alike than they're different. And uh, we really, you don't know how many lives you can touch and how much you can do just by talking and, and taking that one step forward on this journey. Well, that's amazing. That's fantastic. So guys, once again, believe, inspire, grow, search them up, go on the site, check out the Facebook group pages. So this time has absolutely flown by. Do you have any final parting words of wisdom for our listeners today? You know, I, all I would say is, you know, um, put the fear on the back burner, put yourself on the front burner and take one step, do one thing, one thing out of your comfort zone and it will change the trajectory of a lot of other things. So do one thing and, and, and take one step and that will lead you to where you want to go. Oh, I love that final parting word of wisdom. That's fantastic. Tara, you have been amazing. I am very grateful for you spending the time with us today. Thank you so much. Thank you, Heather. I appreciate it. And you are doing wonderful things to help women too. And I'm so glad to be collaborating with you.